0: Every team. Every topic. Everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast, it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your host, Chris Schuber floating around as a producer. We're brought to you by Bet Online. We're from the Draft Network. Bet Online, your number one online wagering destination. It's a spot where you can go and bet on Major League Baseball, NBA, the NHL playoffs, esports, Vegas casino games. They've got poker. They've got it all over at Bet Online. I got in on some of the football futures. You can get right now Devin Lloyd plus fourteen hundred for rookie of the year on the defense side of the football. See what you like. Head on over. We got a deal for you. If you sign up today on your first deposit, you will get a fifty percent welcome bonus when you use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V. Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Mimosa Day to you.
1: Were you aware of anything that just happened on the screen?
0: I just saw you drinking water, and it was really annoying, and so I just tuned it out, and I feel bad for everybody that had to hear you swallow and gulp water because nobody wants to hear that.
1: This is a big personal development for me, though. I've seen Tom Brady drinks two gallons of water a day So I've now decided if it works for Tom Brady, then I need to start doing it even if I don't like water. That's
0: what puts you over the edge? That was the the straw there?
1: Okay. So now we're drinking. That is each one of these is is two cups, right? There's 16 fluid cups in a gallon. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is the start, the first quarter of gallon number two for the day.
0: I'm not happy with Joe, by the way. Why are you not happy with me? So you, we know, and this is not a bit, I don't particularly like the National Day thing that you've been doing on the
1: show. Yeah, don't but, care. But to not pick National Barbecue Day, which is today, and pick Mimosa Day instead, Imagine. that's um, that's that's a yeah, little ridiculous on your I've, part. I, uh,
0: I have creative authority to choose which one I want, and I thought Mimosa would be the one I would go with today. I'm just happy to know that Mountains you're up. inspired that you're looking it up, you know.
1: Yep, that's so. kind of I, the, the whole got, reason for the season, right?
0: I've um I've received multiple DMs and, and and tweets at me specifically saying Joe don't stop the happy national whatever day bit regardless of what Chris Schubert says.
1: Uh, so they're cowards so they're, they're cowards and they won't they're, they're not won't cowards
0: see. they just enjoy fun and they're not well, thieves of joy like you Chris they won't
1: tweet it at me though they'll just they'll get in your DMs and say hey Chris is wrong keep doing this they won't tweet it at me cowards
0: you're insinuating that people are afraid of you Chris this is good fun see Chris is angry I'm the Mets lost the, their
1: first I tried to stir the pot to start the show and just Chris completely has right. derailed it and sent it all towards he should have, towards
0: himself you know what you know what he should do? He should have a mimosa and then have some barbecue later. And that would make yeah. him Take better. That edge. would help him. Yeah, I mean, the the Mets lost their first series of the season. Chris is obviously on edge. And yeah, so here we are. Here we are trying to talk about the best available free agents on offense. Kyle, and look, I'm very happy Let's for you that. that you've no, you've decided to drink water. This is a big development. Um I'm annoyed that Tom Brady doing it was the The piece that got you to do it—it wasn't just like the, the 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 intelligence that I know that you have that knows that you're minority owner
1: of my team. You know, I need to start habits of successful people. Yeah, right. It's it's, he could be he
0: he could be the future minority owner of the team. My my concern comes if he's the future quarterback of the team. (laughs)
1: We're not we're not doing Dolphins quarterback discussion today. Sorry. We're gonna talk about the offensive side of the ball the players who have not signed with anybody.
0: In the twenty twenty three offseason, Tom Brady will be a free agent.
1: I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this right now. We're gonna talk (laughs) about what what resource are you electing to use?
0: I've got multiple. I've got multiple. I got Spot Rack. I've got the uh, Mike. Mike Clay's got the best resource every year. The problem is he hasn't it's updated it chart, since right? April twenty first. Yeah, but I think things have happened since April twenty first, so I'm a little bit scared to use it. But it's the best thing going. It's just I, I understand that it's probably very challenging to keep up with it.
1: So, Joe, my question for you is: What NFL free agent on the offensive side of the ball? That remains unsigned had the her highest average per year pay on their most recent contract.
0: Probably Julio Jones or Nate Solder, right?
1: According to our friends over over the cap, it was Jarvis Landry. Of course, he signed a one year deal with the New Orleans Saints and is now locked in. That was fifteen million dollars. Uh, are we including Ben Roethlisberger? Or are we asking him because <laughs> he's, he's retired retired?
0: What do you mean presumably? Okay, so then Dwayne Brown and J
1: C Treder are according to the APY of their okay. most recent contracts the highest unsigned remaining players left in free agency.
0: You said Dwayne Brown and JC Treder.
1: Yes. Eleven and a half and twelve eleven and a half and eleven million dollars.
0: Couple players that could help teams if they needed a left tackle or a center.
1: Yeah, I think that's what's impressive about both of those guys is they both played over ninety percent of their team snaps last year. At thirty-seven years old and thirty-one years old for Treader, and another concern with Treader's, I think, is the knee. Right, he hasn't, he didn't practice at all last year or something like that. Like just kind (laughs) of maintenance mode. Worked his way Sunday to Sunday, but still managed to play 94% of the offensive snaps for the Browns last year. And uh, But but for a lot of teams that might potentially want an upgrade at the center position or some veteran competition at the center position, I guess it's really just trying to find the value of of what you would pay Tracy Tredder versus how close do you want to get to the start of camp to get a, as good of a feel as you can for physically where he's at and not overpay.
0: Think about Treaders. he's 31, right? We're not talking about a guy that's cooked. I mean, centers can play deep into their 30s. So I think, I mean, realistically, he's probably got several, three, four starting caliber seasons left, like at a minimum, assuming this knee thing doesn't like sink his career. I mean, there's a really good center to be had out there. And you'd like to think that since – I mean, when's, when the Browns last game was in December, like that, he's yeah. probably in a decent spot with the knee. You could at least evaluate it, but I haven't seen like anything on him. There's not been really any traction at all.
1: Really quiet. I'm surprised how many offensive linemen in general who have been stars 100%. for teams are still left on the market. We mentioned Brown and Treder, but Vulaga, Eric Flowers, Matt Paradis, Eric Fisher, Daryl Williams, Riley Reef, Trey Hopkins. Like the list goes on and on and on. And that, that's just the names at the top of the list that I have on the, the resource that I have open right now and over the cap. I'm sure there's other names that I'm skipping over as well.
0: Yeah, I mean you, you mean to older, tell me that there's no not price. not teams out there that could could use these guys? And we've we've reached that point where um, the signings don't impact the comp pick formula, right? And that's like a big landmark. Right. And we saw some traction, right? We saw some moves happen. Um, but man, like you would think that these are the types of players that can come in and at least be a, a stopgap for you if you're, you know, kind of banking on a young player to to fill a role. Like you want to hedge that. I mean, go get yourself one of the players that you just mentioned and some versatile players there as well. So, you know, it's funny because we see we see offensive line depth get stressed every year. You see some really funny trades that'll happen like right before uh, the final cuts are, are are done where like middling veterans are traded for late round picks because teams are so desperate for offensive line help. Like just sign one of these guys right now and don't give up an asset. I mean, to me, there's, there's no excuse for this many starting caliber veteran experienced offensive linemen To be available in the current climate of today's NFL, where every year we're like, holy crap, the offensive line talent is lacking.
1: Well, you know, what's crazy about this, too, is like, look at the salary cap situation across the league. There's probably only like two or three teams that you would say can't afford to add. At this point, The 49ers have six hundred and seventy thousand dollars in cap space available. And the Patriots are under two million dollars. The Cardinals are third least with three million dollars. The Titans are fourth, and they have five million dollars. And that's a team that that certainly I know that they drafted for need and addressed offensive line in the draft. But um, there's there's no reason why that I think, especially Tennessee with how they run the football. You mean to tell me that you wouldn't want to have? Um, <laughs> Daryl Williams
0: in-house, potentially. Right. It's a great poll. To compete yes. at
1: right tackle, 30-year-old tackle. Or play right Oops. guard
0: for you, right? This That's the thing, right? right? With Raduens, it's like he's going to be guard or tackle. Well, get yourself Daryl Williams, who bounced back and forth all season last year for the Bills and played at you know a reasonable level at both spots. I know I interrupted you there, and I'm sorry for that. But I got that's excited. Oh, let me ask you this, because you know, even before – Chris pitched us on doing this today, and, uh, and tomorrow we'll get to defense. I, I've been thinking about some of the outstanding players that are available to sign, and I I wonder how much of it comes down to accepting who you are as a player at this point, and like you're not going to get the money you've been making, right? Like you're 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 definitely you're like a fifth wave of free agency player at this point. The draft is well behind us. Like you have to understand that, hey, that 10 million per, it ain't coming. Like, like you gotta do that thing where you, you take a deal that you're probably not happy with. Yeah, I
1: think that's that's kind of there will be players who sign contracts here and now who end up starting on teams and playing the vast majority of the season. Yes. Right. But that's not what teams are gonna be paying you to be in the vast majority of instances at this chapter in the off season, right? They're looking at you as a 30 plus year old vet who, okay, we want to give you a one year deal and probably give you the Trey Turner contract, which was what one year, $5 million or something like that, that he got from Pittsburgh.
0: Probably worth up to, or something like that. Yeah.
1: Right. But I mean, Trey Turner in the grand scheme of things signed a small contract, um, last offseason, and he played well. He played really well. And you know what ended up happening then? He ended up leaving, and he went to Washington and signed a new contract that was not a one-year deal. Excuse me, it was a one-year deal. So that was a bad example. But
0: No, but what, what, what was it worth? I, I I think that was actually, that's a good, I think you had a good story to tell there.
1: $3 million. You, th- you think? And that was the same, that was the same, it's effectively the same deal that he got last year from, Pittsburgh is a street free agent,
0: but he played the yeah, whole he, year. Right. And if he was a reasonable starter and I think he's got a chance to do that again with, and think about the, think about that from Washington side of things, you've loved having Brandon Scherf, right? He's been a great player for you, aging injuries, right. expensive as hell. Like what percent of Brandon Scherf do you get in Trey Turner for uh 15th of the cost?
1: Less than a 15th of the cost.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever well, it is, you know what I mean? Not math,
1: guys. It, it's more than 15th of the cost, but I don't A, a was fraction. was like eight, $18 million. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that. that's, and Brandon signed a, six, a deal six of the cost with Jacksonville that was worth 16 and a half. So uh, do you want to continue offensive linemen here, bemoaning this point? Do you want to look at something else?
0: No, I want to I want to bring up the receivers if we can. I know that Jarvis Landry just got snatched up by the Saints and I texted you over the weekend like, hey, like low key, that team's pretty good. Like I think they might win 10 games and go to the playoffs. Um, but I, we've got some receivers here, um, some veterans, guys with, I guess, um, some concerns. You think about Julio Jones is out there. Will Fuller is out there, you know, uh, an interesting player that Miami had good intentions for, but whatever the finger thing was, he never helped the team, but he signed like a $10 million deal because he's a good player. Um, T.Y. Hilton's out there. Cole Beasley, that's one that I'm interested to, to see if you have any thoughts on because, I mean, if you're the Bears, uh, how do, why don't you have Cole Beasley signed yesterday to be that slot receiver to keep Justin Fields on schedule? And I think there's a lot of teams that he would make sense for. You know, had a 117 targets last year for the Bills. It, it, it been their number two receiver the last couple of years. I, there's some receivers out here, the the ones I just mentioned, mainly that that interest me. Um, you know, Odell Beckham, obviously his situation is is tied to the knee. Um, but there's some guys that I think can, can be a top three target for a good offense right now available.
1: How many receivers? You mentioned Chicago, and I'm probably going to regret doing this. <laughs> How many receivers still unsigned in free agency would sign in Chicago and immediately be the number 2 wide receiver on oh roster
0: Whew. Oh my god. Well, so they have you know, I was I was looking at their their roster over the weekend and so they've got a lot of like niche players I guess like you think about Mooney, uh Equinemius Saint Brown, Valus Jones, Byron Pringle like there's some appealing field stretching ability there. But like, where's the like just win a route, get open, funnel the football to you 120 times a year player like that? They got a bunch of guys that you'd love to throw the ball to 50 or 60 times, if that makes sense. Maybe right. Mooney, you push right. for 80 targets. But like, yeah, I think there's a lot of players here that would would make a lot of sense for them. But like, do you do you like the thing about the players that I just mentioned is there's just like uncertainty about them, uh, you know, just availability type issues. And so I wouldn't want to complicate my problems by introducing a guy that we think we're going to get production out of, but it's just not available.
1: That's fair. Um, And I think all the things that you talked about with offensive linemen and kind of having the, the honest conversation with yourself about what you're going to get this year, I We generally, remember last year in the offseason, we saw that with wide receivers not named Kenny Galladay in general, right? Like Juju Smith-Schuster was on the market and he kind of kept waiting around. He took a smaller deal worth, I think, $7 million or so to come back to Pittsburgh for another year. And then obviously he left and went to Kansas City this offseason. But like Will Fuller, Emmanuel Sanders. 28 years old? Well, Will Fuller's 28 years old. Yeah, but he also yeah. he he played five percent of the snaps last year, right? You think he yeah. caught four balls for that eleven million dollars he got? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders at thirty five is a little bit of a different story, uh, but has been a he's arguably one of the more productive players on this list still. Um, you mentioned Cole Beasley. He's 33. I think his style of play, not having to play so much on the outside, probably lends itself to a little bit longer roadmap for having success. But based on the the salary cap tenure of the, uh, or the salary cap nature of the league right now and where teams have money to spend and don't want to spend, and the argument for Cole Beasley is going to be, well, to play inside in the slot, how many other guys can we find that can give you comparable – Is he a product of volume or is he a a product of skill set? Right? So I think all these guys, you're know, you kind of playing chicken with the teams trying to get somebody who's who's ready to make you an an aggressive, assertive offer. And I I just don't know, other than Odell Beckham, once his knee is healed, who's going to get any kind of valuable offer from anybody. I just don't see a market for a lot of these guys right now. And if I'm a team... I know that, and I'm not going to be offering you $6 million at this point to come play.
0: Man, I look at some of these ages, Julio 33, T.Y. Hilton 32, Cole Beasley 33, I I think Emmanuel Sanders, I'm not sure if he's going to keep playing, but 35 years old. You kind of get it. You kind of get it why the Packers traded away Devontae Adams. (laughs) You know what I mean? To get that King's ransom in return. Seems to be a bit of a drop-off for a lot of these players. Now, there's other receivers that have produced into their 30s and played well, but it seems, seems to be a common denominator here with with these ages and in, in receivers that probably think they should be on teams and getting paid a decent amount of money and expecting 100 targets.
1: There's a decent amount of talent available at the running back position. I know mo- most of these guys are older. They're up against the back end of what you would associate with productive years. But some of the names listed as, as unsigned still at this point include Darrell Williams, Devontae Booker, Latavius Murray, uh, David Johnson, Alex Collins, Justin Jackson, Phillip Lindsay, Jarek McKinnon.
0: How about McKinnon? Like, stop there. That dude was a spark for Kansas City last year when he got healthy late in the right. season. Like, that's some very good games. You wouldn't want that, like, X factor back to add speed and receiving skill to your offense? Can can we talk about Philip Lindsay? Like what a weird career arc for him, right? Like comes out undrafted,
1: drafted rookie,
0: right? Speed. He looks like a really nice player and then just kind of gradually gets phased out in Denver, um, but still had back-to-back a thousand yard seasons, right? And he has 502 yards in 2020. He's a free agent. This guy can't find anyone to sign him. Houston brings him in is 50 rushes for 130 yards. He goes to Miami for like a couple games twenty like after he got cut in season by Houston. Like, this guy's not even that old, right? Like what what is he twenty seven years old? This guy's an afterthought for the NFL right now. Yeah.
1: And um I don't know. As somebody who is an unrestricted free agent, right? Like <laughs> throughout the course of his career, I mean do you know how much he, his career earnings are to this
0: point in time? He's never had a deal. He's got like a one-year, $1 million deal from Houston. I I would guess it's under – he's been in the league since 2018. Four seasons. Four seasons. Four seasons. I bet you it's less than $5.5 It's half of that. 2.7. Oh my, my guy.
1: But like you said, two 1,000-yard seasons. Under his, his first two years down. in the league. Right. 16 touchdowns. Well, I mean, this is, this is the cautionary tale, right? Of like, Philip Lindsay was always a talented player. He was talented at Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. But he's 5'8", 190 pounds. So you can be quick and you can be fast. And as it turns out, you can be productive. But he actually got paid more thanks to arbitration than what his original contract in Denver <laughs> dictated that he was going to get. So I, is this a, I don't know. Is this a regression to the undrafted status? Is this a testament to his size at the running back position? Is that, I don't know what this is. Probably I, I saw Philip Lindsay come into an offensive backfield last year. That sucked. And before Duke Johnson started getting carries, Philip Lindsay was a catalyst on top of the Miles Gaskin and Savon Ahmeds of the world, so if I needed a running back three, Philip Lindsay would be on my short list.
0: I think that's a fair way to put it. Running back three, and that's not even a position that dresses every week. So, right, I, I think he's a worthwhile player. Like, okay, one of your top two guys goes down, you have Philip Lindsay in your back pocket. At least you have speed, you know, to to rely on. And he's not a player that like I don't think he's ever been bad. Uh, he's never lost a fumble, right? <laughs> what do we miss here? here? Um, yeah. Running backs, man. Wayne Gallman's another guy. Like every time he gets a chance, he's pretty good, Dude, but
1: he's so productive, just, reasonably productive. Every time he gets a look and just can never, he's the Trey Boston of running backs.
0: That's a, that's fair. That's fair. At least Trey Boston got that one, like three year, $30 million deal for Carolina that he got cut. Right, one how year many after? off seasons did he have to
1: wait that's to right. get it? Every
0: multiple. <laughs> Multiple.
1: It was like three seasons in a row. We're like, damn, Trey Boston's really just going to sign another one-year deal, huh? And then he finally got the long-term deal. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you a question. It has to do with quarterbacks. Okay. I'm going to give you the names of some of the guys who remain unsigned, and I want you to tell me, fact or fiction, this guy will sign an NFL contract for 2022.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. Fact or fiction? All right. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. If he wants to, right? So That's not what you asked me. Uh, fiction. Cam Newton. Ooh, it's some weird quarterbacks out there. Uh, fiction.
1: Nick Foles. Fact. You think Foles gets one? Yeah. Okay. I do. Uh, Mike Glennon
0: guy always finds a way on the field. Uh, Fact.
1: Fun fact, Glennon played almost 30% of the snaps for the Giants last year. (laughs) A.J. McCarron.
0: Oh, my God. When's the last time that guy's played a snap? I'll say fiction.
1: Uh, He was under contract for $1.2 million with the Falcons last year. I can tell you that. Oh,
0: good for him. Good for him.
1: And the last name that I have for you. Uh, and to answer your question, AJ McCarron was one was one of one for twenty yards in twenty twenty. Couldn't miss. So not not this year, but last year. Uh, the last name that I have for you is Blake Bortles. Fact. So you think Bortles and Mike Glennon and Nick Foles are the ones that get deals? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think probably all of them will, but I said no to Newton and Fitz, right? Because I don't think I don't think Fitz is going to play anymore. I think he's yeah. done, and I think Cam is just like, I I, I don't know. I, I hate that. I feel like it's passed him by, but he struggles so much, and he's not like he's not like just a guy that you add to your team, right? And just comes in and you know is part of your quarterback room. Like there's right. there's he's a there's things that come a along dynamic. With
1: that. Yeah, there the, it's it's that there's going to be an expectation, and there's going to be people that expect to see him play yes. because he's Cam freaking Newton, right? Like right. <laughs> That's a layer that some of these other guys won't won't give you. And I think with Cam, what was tough was like, you always talk about adding more clubs in your bag, right? And mm-hmm. I think Cam lost his best club with his athleticism to be able to run as such a big guy. And once that threat was gone for him, I, that's I thought you really saw him as he needed to evolve his game amidst the injuries that he suffered, I didn't think necessarily he showcased that evolution enough to allow him to still play at a competitive level because it's been ugly, what, the last two years? Probably longer. So you would know more than I would since you're in
0: the, the Charlotte area. But yeah, I, know I mean, once, the he's, last once he's
1: had to be a guy. Half against...
0: So once he had to, like you said, like once he had to be a thrower, he's one hopping balls. He can't place them. Like it just wasn't. And and Cam was a good thrower of the football. I just feel like he's mechanically so different now based on all the shoulder stuff. Right. Like it's it's just awkward watching him throw. And it wasn't that way. I thought he had one of the best arms in the league for, you know, the first several years of his
1: career. Well, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if he, of the names that you said no to, I would not be surprised if Cam is the one that eventually does get a call. It,
0: I think a team that will sign Cam will be like a competitive football team that their starter goes down and you need a lottery ticket. Like the Minnesota Vikings, if they're like, they didn't draft the court. Yeah, if the that's a good example in my head. If Minnesota's like seven and five and they need a dude because Kirk Cousins goes out for the year, like that type of situation.
1: You heard it here first. Cockrabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, the draft dudes. That is going to do it for this Monday, May 16th episode of the show. We thank everybody for checking it out. We thank our friends at Bet Online for their continued support. Make sure you check us out again tomorrow. We're talking defense. No longer on the list, Melvin Ingram signed with the Dolphins. So you're just going to have to see who we do talk about and who is left on the market. But Melvin Ingram will not be amongst them. Thanks, as always, for checking out Draft Dudes. Talk with you guys again tomorrow.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.